My mama always said, always said, always said, always said, always said, Here we are again, another bonus track, Life's Not a Box of Chocolates podcast. Welcome to it, and of course, you know the drill to steal one of Danny's lines. Uh, If you're hearing my voice, that means Rob's not here, but I'm filling in for him. So, you can follow Rob on Instagram, at Voice of Gods, and when you do, leave him a little comment that says, Hey Larry Tate, because that's what he likes to be called. You could Larry follow. Taint. No, not Taint. Tate. Tate. No, no, no. It's I, we changed it to Taint now. Who did? <laughs> I did yesterday. All right, so now it's Larry Taint. So you could say <laughs> that. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm Ronnie at Ronnie underscore Media. You can follow me on Instagram at Anthony M Vega. You already know what it is. It's Instagram with Sandy Ams. Follow the podcast at. Box Chalk Pod, that's at symbol B-O-X-C-H-O-C-P-O-D. Yup, and it is Wednesday, nope, it's not Wednesday, it's Tuesday, March 31st, I'm confused because I'm home from work, Danny's quarantined, quarantine edition number two for Danny, um, and uh, yeah, Rob's not here, R.I.P. to Rob. R.I.P. Anybody got anything before we get into why we're here? How was everybody's week? Um, well, we were just together Yes, We just spoke <laughs> yesterday. Um, so, if you're listening to this episode and uh, you skipped anything, I really highly suggest that you go back and listen to the episode that we recorded last night with Janelle Gordon. But relevant yeah, to this to episode, yeah, relevant to this episode, though, check out the interview with Christian Robinson, Defiant Ones Teen Magazine, and you'll understand why that's relevant in a little bit. So if you guys are ready, I think I'm ready. Yeah, let's get started. I'm ready. After being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes in 2009, he faced a hard battle with health issues and lifestyle changes. Now, he has multiple certifications in exercise and nutrition, including being a certified fitness and nutrition specialist and a certified exercise therapist. An author of two books and a third on the way, Senior Vice President of Defiant Ones Teen Magazine, a friend of the podcast, if you have listened to Christian Robinson's interview, a host of his own podcast, Your Best Lifestyles with Terrence, and founder of Your Best Lifestyle Fitness and Nutrition, we have Terrence Hutchinson with us. How you doing, Terrence? Thank you for coming. I appreciate you guys having me on your platform. I caught you guys with Christian the other day. I was like, oh, okay, that sounds pretty good. I didn't know I was up next, but I appreciate the invitation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got, a, we got a couple of people coming on that you might be familiar with um, in the near future, too. Um, the, the interview with, uh, with Christian, honestly, was, uh, and us three, there's usually four of us, so Rob isn't with us right now. He's uh, busy tonight, but um, it's me, Anthony, and Danny. And uh, us three were also there for uh, Christian's interview, and I think I speak for all of us when I say that was probably one of our favorite that we've done so far. Yeah, it definitely was. Definitely was. Yeah, uh, Christian is a young man that's coming up in his own, you know, he's developing his own style and brand. 
Uh, we work with him closely, you know, as far as uh, speaking engagements, doing these interviews, and he got his own podcast, obviously. So mm-hmm. I'm, it's so proud to see how he is evolving into his own man, especially as a young age. Yeah, he's only 16. That's That was the crazy part to us is, like, when we were 16, we definitely yeah. were not in the same capacity as that. No. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> what it is because, you know, his mother had been in the entertainment industry for years, and then, you know, we all in this together, so he's learning from us, and, you know, us, and so we everybody's entrepreneurs, so he's picking up, he's seeing, he's evolving, he's soaking up everything that's going on, and he's incorporating everything into his own life and his own uh, brand as well. So it's exciting to see how he's going to evolve and what he's going to come up next. I'm, I'm really happy for him. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm personally like I, I, I'm not just saying this to like make it sound like you know. Um, make it sound like cheesy or anything but honestly like i want to see what he what he does next he's already doing a lot he's really he's smart and honestly like i love the kid i can't i can't wait to see what else he has in store like yeah, truth, like, honestly from the bottom of my heart i can't wait yeah you and i both we all excited you, you know he's really exploding on me and i was like where you learn that from you know i was like yeah. okay <laughs> yeah the stuff that he was saying i was like i can't believe that uh, like he's 16 years old he's thinking about this like when i was 16 I was literally, I was just, like, fucking about, dude, you know what I mean? I was just doing stupid stuff all over the place. Everybody has an amazing head on his shoulders, he's smart, and he's charismatic. Like, he keeps you engaged, you know? those that Like, that's rare. Yeah, I think, like you just said, when you were 16, when I was 16, these, those, those was, I don't know how old you are, but I'll be 53. So when, when I was 16, it was a total different era. It's a total different time. I mean, we were not thinking on that level the way he is right now and i wish i can trade places with him right now go back to being 16 (laughs) definitely definitely wish we could trade places with him yeah so terrence the first thing we usually like to do when we have a guest on is obviously we like to give them the opportunity to plug their social media any websites anything you got going on before we start let the people know where they can find you uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, Terrence Hutchinson, the website is www.yourbestlifestyles with s.com, and all my information is there. Uh, Facebook, obviously, LinkedIn, you know, everything. And once you go to the website, everything just pops up, man. Or on social media, I got all my, my links on Facebook, so it's like everything just pop up. Uh, we have to uh the podcast your best lifestyle podcast right now and uh we doing interviews i'm doing interviews every day sometimes two three times a day uh with different thought leaders and influencers and i'm learning so much from everybody who who comes on uh because i'm getting a few sponsors you know that's coming in that hey i want to sponsor for i'm like okay so i need to do more shows then you know so that's we right. quarantine right now, so we're just going hard in the paint right now. Yep. You know, that's it. Yep. Keep 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 all that ammo, and 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 you get to you have all the content in the world to drop whenever you want. That's nice. Yeah, um, yeah. So I kind of like I want to kind of just jump right into the story now because diagnosed with type two diabetes in two thousand nine, right? So almost uh, a, a little over ten years ago, and 
looking at pictures of you, I mean, you're a pretty fit dude. I don't know what kind of shape you were in in 2009, and that's kind of why I'm going there is because diabetes, I'm sure we all know, is kind of always stereotyped and kind of always thought to be more associated with being overweight. Um, I do know people that are diabetic that were not overweight, so I understand that that's not the main factor of it, but I do feel like that that's kind of almost the face of it. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, you, you, you look like you work out, you look like you're in good shape, but we know that this is after years of, of, uh, of that lifestyle change. So can you talk to me a little bit about how you were diagnosed, the reasons, what kind of shape you were in physically, um, your life at that point? Yeah, uh, sure. Um, at that point, I was coming off a tailspin of a divorce, and uh, I was relocating from New York to Atlanta. I'm 39 years old, and I had to dissolve properties and vehicles and businesses. And uh, I'm 39 years old, and I'm I'm moving in with my mother in Atlanta, and I I kind of went into a low depression but i did not know it was depressed i wasn't depressed from the divorce because i initiated i was depressed because you work so hard over the years and they just take everything from you mm. you say okay you got to split this up so yeah um 30, yeah. 39 39 years old at the, you know uh come live with my mom so i went into you know trying to suppress the depression um i was angry i was irritable and these now the signs of depression in men is irritability, frustration, anger. You know, these are signs of depression in men. Most men don't know that. I didn't know that. I had to seek a therapist. But uh, I I was partying. Atlanta is the hub. So any city or any state that was within driving distance or flying distance, I was at a party. And I was just trying to suppress it. And um, I'm unhealthy eating patterns you know i'm single now you know i'm eating on the go um i'm hanging out i'm partying i'm doing everything a single guy can do in these different cities and then one day i was in a miami at a party i was in the pool and all of a sudden i started to feel lightheaded and, and dizziness and slurs slurs uh of speech and confusion i got out of the pool immediately and I said, something is not right. So I, I went back to the hotel room, and, and I, I just started feeling weak. And I had dryness of mouth. I had frequent urination. I had, and all of a sudden, I started to feel like I was losing weight. I couldn't eat. And I was like, I'm just going to go to sleep. I couldn't sleep because I, I keep getting up, urinating every 20 minutes. So I said, well, I got to get back to Atlanta. And uh, those, are the, those are the symptoms of diabetes when going into a diabetic coma like something is you know is your sugar your blood glucose level and your a1c is spiraling out of control but at the time i did not know what was going on because i had extreme dry mouth so i wanted to drink everything soda uh tea whatever right. it was as i said i'm thirsty i'm thirsty i'm thirsty i did not know that the sugar content was adding already into the uh my blood sugars already so the next day, you know, we on the way back driving to Atlanta and I'm in the backseat of the car telling my friends, yo, pull over, pull over. I got to use the bathroom. And that 13 hour ride turned into almost 24, 26 hours really? trying to get back to Atlanta because they had to keep stopping for me to, 
you know, to, to use the bathroom, you know. And um, so I got back to Atlanta. I set up an appointment, went into to my doctor's office and passed out right there in the lobby. I didn't know what was going on. And they told me they called an ambulance. And all of a sudden I was in ICU for three and a half days from complications of diabetes. Now, mind you, I'm, I'm at that time, I'm like 40 years old. So within from one year from being 39 to 40 years old, I almost killed myself. You know, I self-sabotaged my health and uh, I was just running lack of sleep. I was just partying. I was working. I was hustling. And I realized over time trying to chase that success almost killed me because I was doing it backwards. And uh, so I ended up in ICU. And uh, when I, when I, they was poking me with needles every day and everything like that. So I, you know, I just looked up, I had IVs in me. When I looked up, I, you know, I prayed, I said, look, if you get me out of this one, I'm gonna get my stuff together. And that's what I did. So I just, I went from 242 pounds to 200 pounds in like two days. Wow. Extreme weight loss, you know, extreme weight loss. Freaked me out. I didn't think that I was obese. I was a, a 40, 41, 42 inch waist. Um, I had man boobs. How tall are you? Um, 5'8". Uh, that's obese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I thought I was good to go. I, I, I thought I was Mike Tyson with it, you know. Yeah. I, that's, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, come to find out, my body went into survival mode to try to save itself from me because I was killing myself and didn't even know it. So now I, I, you know, I just go hard right now. Yeah, I was not always fit like this. I worked out, but I didn't really do it the way I do it now. And um, so, yeah, in a nutshell, that's it. And actually, the diabetes scare ended up being... The, the the piece that catapulted me to everything that I'm doing right now. So when That's you gonna, think, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny because when you think that your life is falling apart, it's actually falling in place. And you don't know that until you, until you get there. You'd be like, oh, okay. So now my mess became my message. And now it's my purpose to really help people reverse type 2 diabetes, uh, um, prevent a stroke, whatever lifestyle chronic illnesses it is, I try to get them to reverse that or prevent it just by proper nutrition and diet and exercise and everything like that. So in a nutshell, that's what it was. And uh, I'm just happy to be here right now. Uh, we're happy that you're here too. Yeah. 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 yeah definitely. So now let me ask you. So um, I, I know, I know, uh, uh, a little bit about nutrition. I'm, I'm planning on becoming a registered dietitian myself. Uh-huh. I haven't actually started uh, any programs or anything like that. I'm getting into, by next semester, I should be getting into a um, dietetic uh, program. Yeah. So, I know a little bit. I also, I, uh, I'm a pharmacy technician. Uh, I'm an intern at a pharmacy. So I know a little bit about um, certain medication and things like that also. So I'm going to try to keep up with you on this. The... Uh, from what I know about diabetes, uh, and especially type two, is that does diabetes run in your family? Um, I didn't think so, but my, my father passed away in two thousand and eight, and I went back to New York and 
uh, I was driving in his car, and you know, I went to being, I was snooping. <laughs> I went in the glove compartment. He had this big plastic bag full of syringes, and yeah, and I was like, "What's this? What, 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 you know, what's going on?" And then when I, when I asked his girlfriend at the time, and he said. Oh, your dad was diabetic. I'm like, he never said anything to me. Oh, <laughs> and you just find yep. all these syringes. You're like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know he wasn't on no drugs. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, yeah, he was he was uh, type 2. And I didn't oh. even know it. I, he, he never showed any signs or symptoms about diabetes with me. I never saw, you know, the needles. I never saw him with insulin. I never saw things in insulin in the refrigerator. So... Right. I was I never got a chance to ask him, so I would say maybe, but I don't know. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't even know what happened to me, but it it could be. So I don't. Other than that, on, on his side maybe, but on my mother's side, I don't know. So usually, um, just uh, this I I know from my personal family history. You usually when somebody develops type two diabetes, it's because um, type one is. Uh, hereditary. It's been passed down from generation to generation. So, like, my my grandmother died from type 2 diabetes, so I potentially could get it from my mother's side. Um, but I, I also, I wanted to ask you how you actually went about reversing type 2 diabetes, because I know that it's not as, um, I don't I don't think it's as severe as type 1. I think it, it, it can be reversed if you catch it too early. But how exactly did you go about reversing it? Uh, type type one is a juvenile diabetes. You know, you're you're born with that. Okay, so your body doesn't produce a lot of insulin, so you have to do that for the rest of your life. Uh, type two diabetes is actually a lifestyle uh, disease. You know, it's like you develop that over time. If if you you know thirty forty years old, uneaten, unhealthy eating practices, uh, living a sedentary lifestyle, whatever, whatever. And but the way I went to, to reversing it is that I did not take after a while I did not listen to everything my doctors was telling me uh, or the mm-hmm. dietitians was telling me about maintenance and my medicine at the time was Lantus it was just coming out at the same time Cialis was coming out the uh, right. e- yeah Cialis. yeah and um. Cialis, yeah, and um, my insurance, I had a great insurance, but it didn't pay for that medicine, which is $166 a week for five for five pins. Oh, my and, God. That's yeah, so if you do that, $166 times four weeks times <laughs> 52 weeks, you're yeah. going to give up a, a whole lot of money. So it's like just off maintenance. Uh, type 2 diabetes, there are 30 million people diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes maintenance is a $327 billion a year industry. Wow. You see, you see what I'm saying? It's designed to keep you hooked. So my job for reversal, I had to find more holistic ways. Uh, I had to find support groups. And I ran across this group called um, D-Life. It's for diabetics. And that's a group that I really learned a lot from as far as using herbs and spices, healthy elixirs that we already have in our in our cabinets, like apple cider vinegar and cinnamon and turmeric, nutmeg, fresh garlic, olive oil, all these things. 
will help uh, cut your blood glucose level and, and all that, right? Yeah. So I had to learn how to start exercising uh, pertaining to diabetes because you just can't go out there and just start exercising. You have to have uh, a, a strategic plan. So if I had to, you know, for diabetics, I exercise in diseases, you have to exercise pertaining to that disease. So for diabetics, I had to check my glucose number. If my numbers were over 350, I have to go sit down. You cannot exercise. Do not exercise because you can pass out. If your number is under 70, you need to eat something. Do not exercise. You can't exercise during the mid part of the day, doing a lot of hood. Or doing the humidity or doing a polymetric training, a lot of time. you can't do that as a diabetic. So, right. and I didn't know that. Yeah, and then if you're type one, you got to exercise at least thirty minutes at a time. If you're type two, you can do forty-five minutes to an hour to make sure that you stabilize your blood glucose level. Over time, you have to uh, listen to your body and understand what's going on with your body. And I had to learn that. People are not communicating with their body. The body will give you so many clues uh-huh. of what's going on, and you cannot ignore that, especially as a diabetic. So to reverse it, I had to get into. I had to educate myself. I had to get back in school. I had to really say, you know what? I'm gonna go on a poverty line if I don't get a handle of this. Okay, uh-huh. I'm gonna go broke. I can't afford this disease. All right, I can't. Okay. Uh-huh. So, I had to reverse that, and, I, and all those things I just mentioned, I had to really incorporate those things into my lifestyle. Watch the sugars, watch the carbs, control my stress levels, because stress activates the blood glucose level, just like it would activate uh, the blood vessels for high pressure, so high blood pressure. So I had to know my triggers, what they are, who they are. I mean, it's so much more to uh, go into it. And I was like, Talking to my doctor, I said, "Look, my A1C is at 9.5. I want to. I can't do this insulin thing. I hated injecting myself. I hated needles as a kid. Now you got to tell me, me I too. got to inject myself for the rest of my life. I don't think so. I hate that dude. Me too. I don't. Right. I, I've always thought about that. That if I ever uh, did develop diabetes, because I'm I'm the same way. Like I I never liked needles. I don't even like giving blood. I don't volunteer to give blood. I just I, I don't like it. And I I just got I'm I'm. 30 years old, I just got stitches. I've been, I've needed stitches. I just got stitches for the first time like three years ago in my life. So I avoid needles at all costs. So I always wondered what I would do too if I, if I was diabetic. It's, when you come out of the hospital for diabetes, now you're going, you, you, now you're going into the diabetic program, the dietitian program, you're probably going to learn all this. They're yeah. going to give you a booklet. When I came out of ICU, they gave me a booklet about diabetes with a image of the human body, uh-huh. and they and they highlight the points where you can inject the insulin, like in your stomach and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, yep. and yep. I was like, man, this is crazy. So I look at that over time, and I said, you know what? Well, maybe if I just lose the belly fat and get a six pack, I won't have to look for the fatty parts of my stomach. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to trick my mind. I had to change my neuro logistical programming to trick my mind to figure out, okay, lose the abdominal fat, 
so you don't have to do the injections. Right. And when I started listening to a lot of different podcasts about wellness and everything like that, and the D-Life thing, I realized that everything that I needed naturally was in my kitchen cabinet, like the apple cider vinegar. That was one of the best things that you can use or I use that help cut through it. That thing's been around for generations, but that's one of the best things that I've used to uh, reverse type 2 diet. That and cinnamon and curry and spicy foods, fresh garlic, olive oil, exercise, a lot of water. Those was the things. So holistically, the natural ways, I was able to reverse it and not and not spend a small fortune on maintenance every year. Right. And you know? it's crazy how um, you mentioned it before. You said that it was uh, what, what, what was the number? Thirty percent of the population has type two diabetes. Thirty million. Oh, 30 million. Yeah. It's crazy because um, you always hear about, oh, like, you know, Americans are obese or, or, you know, you hear about obesity all over the place. And I personally, not that I didn't believe it, but I didn't realize how bad it was until I started working at a pharmacy. So Mm -hmm. when I initially got into the pharmacy, I didn't know anything because, like I said, I didn't start the program yet. For, for dietetics, so I have no idea. I still had no idea. When I got into the pharmacy, I'm seeing all these these uh, medications that I'm distributing to hundreds and hundreds of patients, and they all started to look the same. So eventually, I learned their names. It was things like metformin, limperide, glipizide, atorvastatin. Then it got into the refrigerated items, humulin, uh, ozempic, and I asked. The pharmacist one day, I'm like, you know, what are these medications? Why are we, you know, this is all I see all day. And they're telling me, yeah, these are all, these are all medications for diabetes. And I, and it hit me right then and there. I was like, wow, like I can't believe how many times a day I fill prescriptions for these, for all these medications, and how many. I mean, I mean, we're talking like hundreds and hundreds of prescriptions, hundreds and hundreds of different people that go to this pharmacy, and they all have diabetes it was insane to me so it clicked in my head and i was like wow like this is a real problem like it's not just something that you just hear about where it's like people are obese and they have diabetes or they get all these different type of uh complications in their in their bodies it's it's a real thing it's something that has to be addressed and has to be fixed so when you um what was the how long did it take you to to uh, reverse type two, with with what the method that, the methods that you were using. Well, it took me. Uh, probably I would say almost eighteen months, close to two years, to wow. really get a, to really get a handle on it because there's so much information. Um, that you know, when you go researching type two diabetes, it's so much information on maintenance and not reversal. So everything that came up was I even contacted the American Diet um, Diabetes Association, and um, they sent me a big pamphlet on how I can uh, donate to them and support them. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, I'm y'all talking about maintenance, you know? And even right. even some local diabetes organizations and foundation here, 
they don't want nothing to really deal with me uh, because I'm all about reversal. And they, 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 they don't get, want reversal. They don't want reversal. And that's the crazy thing about it. And so it took me close to two years. And I just wanted to make sure I was good. But I always maintain constant communication with my doctors. And every I would go in like every other week or every three weeks or something like that for a follow-up to see where I was at because it was real bad for me. It, I almost went into a coma. So they want, I kept coming in and spending like $30 copay and I got to go get prescriptions like you just said. And that was like $30. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you work at a pharmacy, so you know that they got a whole mm-hmm. section in the pharmacy area for diabetes. They got they the whole section of, and they're called fast-moving drugs because so many people use them. Right. But they got the uh, blue Cerna, they got the socks, they got eyeglasses, they got lotions, uh, hard candy. I'm like, man, they're getting paid. Sounds like vitamins. Yeah, exactly. So it is is almost like like, like like vitamins. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So you mentioned all those medicines that help with maintenance of diabetes. Now, the big pharmaceutical companies, by the year 2026, they're going to be online to make $426 billion a year just off medicine alone. Well, let me ask you you a question, Terrence, that I was kind of going to save till later, but let's go into it now, being with what you just said, right? So... With everything going on with the coronavirus and all the stuff happening with China and the fact that basically 95% of our pharmaceuticals are basically coming from China, do you have any opinion on what you think or how it may affect the, let's just stick to diabetes in general? Yeah, um, right now, there's a lot of articles being published right now about uh, the coronavirus and diabetics. Okay. Okay. You just like the older population right now who are more susceptible to right. uh, the virus, diabetes. You're right up there with them. Yep. Okay. Because it's gonna it's gonna really affect you. And right. so my whole thing is for diabetics, and I just did a podcast on this other day. You have to make sure that you are in constant contact with your doctor. You're taking your meds. You got like at least ninety days worth of meds. Um, you staying, you you distancing yourself, and you're exercising, you're working out, and you you're really paying attention to your stress levels and everything like that. Same thing if you have COPD, um, asthma, seasonal allergies, you know, respiratory uh, problem, <clears throat> bronchitis. It's the same thing. You want to have the same effect, right. just like if you was diabetic. So it's important for you right now as a diabetic to make sure that you're not out there you're not you're not increasing your risk of catching it you know and because the the recovery process is going to be slim yes right for diabetics so with all this going on like like you mentioned most of the meds are coming from china i would say like i said earlier finding a more holistic approach you know uh making sure that you're using healthy elixirs that you already have into your pantry like i mentioned earlier or get some medicine from uh from canada 
you know, mm. go online, get some stuff from Canada instead yeah. of China, instead of China. Right. You know, um, but there are reports that they have over, I think it was like a hundred thousand people in China who are recovering yeah. from the virus. But yeah. see, they don't never report that type of stuff. They only want to right. report the fear right. and all and, the people that's dying. And we can't really trust China's numbers right now either. We can't really trust China's reports. Yeah, well, the thing, the thing about it with China is they're upset right now because we have news, big news correspondents in China reporting like Time and the Wall Street right. Journal. And they're not, China is bad because these people are not reporting straight facts all the time. Right. And so after their, after their um, credentials expire, they're not renewing their credentials. Hmm. <laughs> they're not giving it back up. Yeah. It's like, yo, you're treating us wrong. Um, but so how I, do you, I, I'm sorry, I was going to say, so how do you think that that's going to affect like the industrial side of, uh, like the diabetic medication, kind of what you and Danny were just talking about being that everything, it does basically come from China. Do you think that that's going to, I mean, it's obviously probably going to hold things up. Things are going to be delayed right now, but do you think there's going to be any lasting effects? Like basically like, do you think they're going to move production out of china or like do you think there's going to be any real lasting effects that would come out of the whole coronavirus situation for diabetic medication specifically yeah i i think that it's going to have a real negative impact on the diabetic community especially if you're getting um your meds from china but here's the here's the kicker most people who are receiving medicines they really don't know where that medicine comes from they only like, if they come see you at the pharmacist, at the pharmacy, you're going to give them the med. They got their meds, they off on their way. They're not thinking about where it's coming from. Let's be honest. Okay. They're not thinking about that. So you have to be an educated patient and say, hey, where's this medicine coming from? And if you say China, then you'd be like, as a patient, you got to be like, I don't want it. So yeah. don't, not to be paranoid, but you really have to pay attention, like, I, when I was on metformin, I didn't act where it was made at. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't care. Only, only thing I wanted was the medicine. You know, I didn't. I had to figure out what the side effects were and all that stuff. Now, if somebody said they on medicine, I'm like, what's the side effects? Let's just talk about it right quick. You know, you know but I think to answer your question, I think it's going to have um, a negative effect coming out of China. If most of these meds are coming out of China, yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be a while before they recover as far as medicine. But no, but I mean, like, I, I, I meant more like a, like when this is over, do you think that, like, the pharmaceutical companies will take their business elsewhere, basically, and not produce in China anymore? I think yes and no. You know, I think all depends on who the company is. All depends on if they're doing big business in China, they're going to stay in China because it's it's, the, it's cost effective to do business right. in regardless of what of what right regardless yeah you know I highly doubt just just from what I know about the cost of medicine I highly doubt that it's gonna affect uh, anything honestly, right. because it, we 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 charge a lot for medicine but we don't get it for a lot right 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 so it, it, it it's it's very beneficial that we get it from yeah. Where we and you know what? They're going to market up three, five times more to the American public. 
If we're lucky, that's all it'll be. If we're lucky, it'll only be five times. Yeah. <laughs> but you you wanna you wanna hear something that's really crazy is like um uh people will complain about how expensive it is to eat healthy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I know where you're going, yep. But they will allocate that money every month to go get that medicine. It's easier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, condition. It's like you lean the the sheep to the slaughter. That's I'm like, it. Well, you... <laughs> That's it. That's exactly what it is. You're 100 percent right. It is. I never Medicine. thought of it that way. You could either just yeah. take care of yourself, or you could and and pay a little extra for the food, or you could not take care of yourself and pay for the medicine. It's probably gonna right. be more expensive to pay for the medicine, really. Oh, shit. I just personally, I, I think that they just that a lot of people just don't know that just for paying a little bit extra, they could do things like reverse type two and, and genuinely be healthier. I think they just don't know. I think they're led to believe. Like or just said, like not be out of breath when you stand up, you know? What? <laughs> I said, or, or, they, you, or they could just not be out of breath when they stand up, you know? Right. Just eat yeah, healthier. But that's what I'm saying. It's like we're, le- we're led to believe. And like even working at a pharmacy, I, I know what it's like for, for them to cut costs when they should really be helping people <laughs> and and where they should not be charging a certain amount for a, a particular drug, you know, whatever it may be, it could be anything. And, um, and, and I know like just from what I, what I'm learning about nutrition and especially talking to people like you, Terrence, that if you just switch up your lifestyle, you can prevent all of these things, but we're led to believe that this medicine is for this certain thing and it's going to help get you better. When in reality, it's not going to get you better. It's just going to help you deal with it. Yeah. It's just like putting a band-aid on a gunshot wound. But, <laughs> yeah. No, that's really accurate. Yeah, that's, that's accurate. That's but awesome. Let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me put another bug in your ear. Yeah, please. So when it comes down to I work with people all day who's suffering from something. Uh-huh. Um. When it comes down to type 2 diabetes, just to say a woman may have an inactive thyroid, right? So when that thyroid is inactive, you get on a medicine that has a steroid component. And the side effects of that steroid component is going to be fatigue or weight gain, especially when that thyroid is inactive. Now, most likely a thyroid is going to be inactive in most women so just imagine if you have an inactive thyroid you're you gain 30 to 50 pounds you're five two you're five three now you have diabetes in your family and you go to the doctor now you're type two diet you pre-diabetic now mm. okay. you you have the mindset to exercise but guess what you're too fatigued to exercise. So then you embrace the weight gain, and then all of a sudden they put you on the medicine for type 2 diabetes. So the thing about it is diabetes sometimes can creep up from other situations. Uh You know, most people who are clinically obese may not have been that way before, but they had another medical issue. Right. And then they put them on a med for that, and the side effects for that med 
It's mm. a weight gainer. Now, I mean, I see it every day. People yeah. are writing in. I see it. I'm like, whoa. So now when I hear certain medicines, I be like, wait for the side effects, you know, and the side effects is weight gain. The side effects is, you know, uh, whatever the case may be. And I'm like, this is crazy. So you got to take this med for this problem, and that's going to activate this other problem. Now you're 20, 30 pounds <clears throat> overweight. You can't lose the weight. Um, because of these medical issues, and it becomes a, now you you're living a sedentary uh, lifestyle, and you have you you adopt those behaviors, and now you at an increased risk of type two diabetes, hypertension, heart heart disease, a stroke, you know, and it's just a vicious cycle. And God forbid that you go into those lifestyle um, ailments. It's look, you're on your way to early death. Let right. me excuse me. Let me ask you a question. So, do you agree with how performers like Lizzo and people like that, put, like they like kind of like glorify, glorify obesity? Like being, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you agree with that or? Um, I really don't professionally, but personally, hey, it's her choice. She can yeah, yeah, she no, yeah. I, I agree with that personally. It's your okay. choice, but you know. But yeah, if you now you got to look at it as a as a as a a therapist's point of view. If I would have a conversation or a consultation with her, I would ask her, why are you glorifying this? I exactly. guarantee you, yeah. if you peel if you peel back the layers, she she probably may have a medical issue that she can't lose the weight. Like most people be like, oh trust the I'm a big girl, love the big girls, but right. they really don't want to be big. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. So oh. when when so obesity so. kicks in you put four pounds of pressure on your knee joints. You yep. put six pounds of pressure on your hips. And you put about four pounds of pressure on your ankle joints. All those joints are weight-bearing joints. Mm-hmm. So over time, your fatigue or your synodary, that's going to turn into real stiff joint pain, which is going to lead into rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, and man. now you're not moving at all. And now you're just all messed up. So I guarantee you, there's an underlying issue somewhere with her. Yeah. But she just ain't, she just ain't telling nobody. So what you're saying is she has no choice but to love herself and live her best life. Yeah, I mean, hey, do you love yourself? <laughs> love you, you know. But I guarantee you, over time, there's going to be an issue somewhere yes. with weight gain yes. or everything that comes yeah. comes behind weight gain. Yeah, you know, and, what I'm saying? you never know how many meds she's taking before she lay down and go to sleep at night. Nobody would know that. Right, right, right. Yeah, you're 100 percent right, and I'm and I'm glad you said that too because we we did an episode a while ago. It was the four of us, and we were kind of discussing fads and stuff like that. And uh, and one of the things was like glorifying obesity and fat shaming and stuff like that. And I took the position of basically kind of exactly what you just said, where fine, love yourself, do you, that's all perfectly great. But my problem with it personally is the fact that, and I'm not a person that believes celebrities should be held to the standard of role models because I don't believe that an actor or an athlete or anything like that does anything that should be idolized, but that's besides the point. But specifically for her, she does try to play that role of being a role model. So that's where, for me, I have the problem of glorifying the obesity. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she probably got a fan base that say, "Oh, you know what? 
I love you because this is how I feel too. You know, you just right. add more logs into the fire. Right, and you'll have young girls who are on their way to major, major health issues that they could be taken care of at their young age while they're still growing. And right. instead, they're, they're, it's more like they're being enabled to, to feed into it, no pun intended. Exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's just a vicious cycle, especially with the power of the internet and the social media and everything like that. Everything is so fast, so you know you 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 can't do anything. But I guarantee you, all the money in the world that she could be making over time, if she's not careful, all that wealth is going to be spent on her health. Our okay. health. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, if if you if you think about certain can, people who are high who were um, high-profile performers, like you think about Steve Jobs, all the money in the world couldn't save him. Right. Um, if you think about Robin Williams, all the money in the world, he still was unhappy. Yep, and, true. You know, so when you look at things like that, it's like, man, you you, you really have to take care of yourself. Nobody wants to be sick. When, you, when, you, when you're sick, your, your whole life slows down, yes. okay? You're not a high performer when you're sick, you know. You your activities of daily living is slowed down. Yeah. Your quality of life will slow down. It's the worst physical version of yourself. Yeah, nobody wants to be there. You laying on your deathbed and you and you having a whole bunch of regrets, saying I should have ran, I should have lost 20, 30 pounds, I should have ran that mile, I should have worked, I should have ate better, I should have, should have, should have. These days, nobody wants to hear that I should have. Right. You know, just get up and do the dang on thing because um, for, for most people, I, I coach, I was like, if you don't do it for yourself, then do it for your grandkids, <laughs> do it for your loved ones because... Right. Stick around. Yeah, stick around. When you get sick, you become a potential, a potential liability to everybody else that's in your world right now. Yeah. Yeah, mentally, physically, emotionally, sure. Yeah. How would you feel if you were super independent and all of a sudden you get super sick now? People got to take <clears> you <throat> take you to your appointment, yep. feed you, clothe you. Yep. I want that. You know, that would make me mad. I'd be like, man, this, this let me go. I don't want to, I don't, you know, I don't want to live like that. That's not yeah. independence for me, okay? I want to be an old guy, 90 years old, driving my car. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Only thing that you can do for me is give me a sponge bath. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that right now. Yeah. You know, that's it. So, you Terrence, know? let's get into uh, what you got going on, like, uh, basically now. Um, so, you wrote two books, two cookbooks, right? Uh-huh. And the third one is on the way? The third one is on the way. We finalizing some things. We re-edited it, and the name is called... F diabetes, you know, and uh, seven strategies for reversal. I got so much feedback from the title of this book from a lot of diabetes uh, educators, and you know, it's a shock value <laughs> of it. Yeah. And I haven't released it yet because the the diabetes community is changing so much, there's so much information, and now with this coronavirus coming up i really want to put that in the book now to make it you know really current like you know and i also want to talk about in the book type 3 diabetes and see type 3 diabetes is under the radar 
And if you can't control your type 2 diabetes, type 3 diabetes is dementia of Alzheimer's. You know? Wow. So, yeah. I never knew that. I didn't know that. Yeah. They don't talk about the three. No, they, I never heard that. No, never it's, heard that. It's yeah. not that common, though, right? No, nah, it's not that common. But if you just is complications from two, right. then once again, it's a you know if you if your family suffer from uh, if it's genetic and everything like that, you got to pay attention. So, I mean, so I got the book coming out. It'll be out soon. I'm just adding some more stuff. Also, the podcast. Um, yeah, so tell us tell us a little bit about the podcast, your best lifestyles with Terrence. Uh, if anybody wants to find it uh, on all podcast platforms, correct? Yeah, correct. Um, Spotify, Google, you know, so Apple. What uh, what do you do on the podcast? You said you do interviews. Tell us a little bit yeah. about that. Have you had one that like maybe stands out to you that that you know, uh, like if you if you were gonna pitch us on the podcast and you wanted to tell us. You know, give us an example of your favorite episode or your favorite interview that you've had so far. Which one would it be? Oh man, good question. I've had. I've, I'll be honest with you. I can't even pick because <laughs> you know I have so many great doctors on, physical therapists. The, the day I interviewed uh, Dr. Troy Gathers, who is a philosophy, uh, uh, he's finishing up his PhD in philosophy, and he's. He, you know, he dropped so many books and he just, you know, and then yesterday I had another doctor that works at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta and she's on the front lines for the coronavirus. So we was mm-hmm. talking to her about that. And then the day before that, I had a couple on that's from Minnesota that's um, on their way of making $70 million in real estate volume. Oh my and God. Yeah. And they're <laughs> running... His wife is running a, a marathon. He's running. He's preparing for an Ironman. So, wow. I mean, yeah, it's just so many great guests. So the whole idea is to have uh, people who are doing amazing things, who can really um, share the information of you know about what they got going on, their expertise and uh, their challenges. And that's another thing that I like to talk about with the podcast. So. I don't want to just hear the success stories. You can keep that. Yeah. Okay. I want to hear how did you make it out of the dirt? How did you make it out of the trenches? I don't want to hear the success stories. Okay, that's cool. That's all the rosy part. Yeah, right. okay. But I want to talk. I want to hear about who were you when your world was caving in, when you gave it all up to get here. Who were you? What did you do? How did you persevere? How did you pull yourself out? That's right. the story. You learn more from failure than you do from success. Yes. Those stories are the stories that ignite motivation and encouragement out of people. So a lot of people, when they do these podcasts and interviews, like you're doing, you going to um, the diabetic program, you're doing pharmacists, like what's your story? What what would what struggles are you having right now? You know, that type of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I want to know what the struggles are, what they were, what are you facing? How were you psychologically, emotionally, uh, 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 physically, spiritually, environmentally? How did it affect your financial wellness? Like, what did you do to come out of that? Because you're going to get hit. Life is going to come and throw you one and or two in the gut and then in the chin you know what i'm saying and then what are you going to do 
that's going to test your resolve. That's going to test your resiliency. You know, most people can't recover from that. They get knocked down. They can't get back up. They're scared. You know, this coronavirus is scaring a whole lot of people. Yeah. This is a left hook. You know, this is a left hook for a lot of people. But my thing is this. How are you handling this situation right now? It's going to do two things. It's going to either make you or it's going to break you. Okay, that's how I feel about the coronavirus. So when I talk to people now on the podcast, I ask them like that, how are you dealing with this? This is an opportunity for you to finish that diabetic program. You know what I mean? This is up to study, to build that podcast, build the foundation, self-improve, practice self-care, work out. Who are you going to be? Yeah. You know, when they lift this quarantine and they clear everything up, I'm optimistic that it's going to happen. When they do this, who are you going to be when they say, okay, we good, come on out? Do you want to be the person that's full of regret? Oh, I should have took this time and self-improved. Oh, I should have wrote my book. I should have did that. I should have did that. Or do you want to be the person that's high performer? You took this time. You took this energy and you harness that pain and say, you know what, I'm going to take this quarantine time and I'm going to build on this thing. I'm going to build build my platform. I'm going to do my podcast. We're going to have the best podcast. We're going to be so good at this because we got extra time on our hands. Do you want to be the person that gained 20, 30 pounds <laughs> during the quarantine? Right. Or do you want to be the person that got... Uh, a, a well lean muscular body because you took the time to exercise you took the time to eat right you took the time to meditate and, and do all these different things like who do you want to be through this and this is going to high performance is going to really um, manifest all their dreams in the course of these coronavirus um, pandemic I'm telling you and low yeah. performers they're going to fall to the wayside you're going to see who's who yeah I definitely I agree with that, and, and it's crazy that you actually brought this up because I was literally just telling uh, my sister's been complaining about uh, her weight recently, and well, not recently. She's actually been complaining for a couple months now, and she has not been going to the gym, and she hasn't. She's been asking me a whole bunch of questions. Oh, what, what should I eat? What should I this? What should I that? And I keep trying to stress to her that she can she can follow a certain diet but if she wants to achieve her goal of lose she wants to lose like uh 50 pounds if you if you want to achieve that goal of 50 pounds by i don't know let's just say this summer you have to get in the gym you gotta uh work out and that's how and you'll, you'll get there much quicker so what i've been doing is now that especially she's a teacher so she's been home so what i've been doing with her is um I try to motivate her to work out, and of course, she doesn't want to. She wants to, I don't know, do do whatever whatever else teachers do. So what I've been doing is I've been doing a whole bunch of home exercises, and I've been doing them in the next room so that she hears me. I got my weights going. I'm doing a whole bunch of calisthenics. I'm doing a whole bunch of body movements. Um, I do a lot. Uh, I've been doing a lot of, of like boxing cardio exercises and she hears me. I come out of the room. I'm sweating. She's like, wow, I can't believe you did all that without even going to the gym. So I'm seeing that I'm starting to motivate her. And I finally got her to come up to me this morning and was like, listen, can we start? Can I start working out with you tomorrow? So I'm, I'm I, I was having the same conversation with her. 
where it was like, listen, if you don't start now that you have the time, you're never going to start because you don't actually want it. The way to, the, the way to get into it is to just start. It's going to, it, it sucks. And this is what I always tell everybody when they're telling me like, Oh, how do you go to the gym? Like five times a week or whatever it is. Like, you, or how do you eat like so clean? Like you have to just do it. You have to just start because once you start, you start building momentum. And that's what I think is the most important thing in not just nutrition, but in anything. Once you start building momentum, you want to keep going. You don't want to break that momentum. Right. So, I, yeah, go ahead. I think, I'm sorry. Um, no, no. That's, that's a, you have to lead by example. And you're doing the right thing. Like, I'll be purposely swinging weights around so she can hear me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I've, I've been dropping them hard and everything. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I would, I would, I would tell your sister this. If she's trying to lose 50 pounds, I would, this is what I tell a lot of my clients in the same situation. I said, just imagine if I give you a challenge if I give you a 50 pound bag of Idaho white potatoes a sack Mm -hmm. everywhere you go you're going to have to pick up that sack and throw it over your shoulder and take it everywhere whether it's sleep to the toilet to work in the car you're going to have to pick that that sack up right after a while you're going to get tired picking up that 50 pound sack Mm mm-hmm in order for you to lose 50 pounds, um, you're going to have to uh, take one. In order for, yeah, you're going to have to take one potato out of that sack. That's going to equal one pound. In order for you to get rid of that bag of, stack, that bag of potatoes, you're going to have to lose a pound. Right. Until 50 pounds are gone, now you can throw that sack away. So just imagine how you're going to feel when you're like, oh, my God, I don't have to carry this sack around. This is what... 50 pounds of body fat is right you know, and people don't understand that if i say hey if i if, if if you go get a 50 pound bag of sack and say here i want you to carry this everywhere you go she ain't gonna want to take it she don't want to pick that up she's <laughs> yeah. she gonna look at me like i'm crazy yeah like why, why would i do this <laughs> yeah why would i do that so this is this is when you put on 50 pounds that's what that feel like you know that's what they feel like so it's like if she's fatigued, or anybody, if she starts to feel that pressure in her hips and her knees and her ankles, and she's slow to getting up and she's out of breath, you know that 50 pounds needs to come off real fast. Right. Um, but you're doing a great job as far as um, pissing her off with the weight. <laughs> and, you know. I'm trying to push her. I really am. I'm trying to push yeah. her. That's, that's your job as a sibling because you 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 have her health in mind and you you work in the pharmaceutical industry you see all the things that's going on um you you're getting into um the dietetics program so you know you can eat right all you want i mean you can exercise all you want but if you're not eating properly it's not going to work you know but if you don't have the mindset to want to do it you're not going to do any of it it's not going to do it now. That's, that's another thing that I was trying to explain to her is because um, I, I look at the way that she eats. Well, she used to eat, I should say. Um, I look at the way that she used to eat. She used to eat a whole bunch of like fried fried foods, processed meats. Uh, she used to like, you know, drink soda, a whole bunch of like carcinogen, uh, carcinogens and stuff like that. 
Okay. And I would tell her all the time, like, it, it's not – the food that you eat has to be clean. And by clean, what, what that means is you could be eating chicken and you could be eating um, a steak. But if you're dousing it in ranch, barbecue sauce, ketchup, things like that, that all that stuff is going to add up to un- unwanted carbs and sugars. And that's all it, – it's all going to affect you negatively. So right. a lot – she was eating a whole bunch of, like – um, like chicken and stuff like that. She doesn't. She's not like a big meat eater, but she was dousing it in salt. You know. Mm. So what I was trying to explain to her was ease up on the seasoning and control your portions a little bit better. You don't need to to have these big portions in order to feel full and, and be healthy. You can substitute the bread for more vegetables. So what I, are, Danny, what I, what I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, to your point, what I read once. And you guys obviously would know a little bit more than me. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Terrence, you would know a lot more than me. But um, uh, I've read that, like, as far as, like, portion control, a big thing with that is some people eat fast. And if you eat slower, it gives your stomach more time to let your brain know that you're full. Is there any legitimacy right. to that? Yeah. Um, it takes around 20 minutes before your brain and your stomach single each other to say that you're full. Um, the hardest exercise that anybody can do is push themselves away from the table within mm-hmm. 20 minutes. That's the hardest exercise most people can do. Um, if the brain is not signaling to the stomach, if they're not communicating, there's a disconnection there. Okay, so you got to figure that out. You have to go to the doctor and say, hey, I don't know why I can't eat. And, you know, you got the hormones that's not activating right. So, um, yeah, that's 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 common now once you start to feel full back away now however if you still feel hungry after the 20 minutes to say an hour later or whatnot then you go right into your free foods which are your vegetables with your low density foods and that's going to be free calories that's not going to you know that's all fiber that's going to fill you up okay you don't want to do I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't mean to cut you off because that was actually one of my questions that I was going to ask you uh, to elaborate on what free foods are. Just yeah. because when I was telling that, when I was saying this to my sister, she had no clue about what a free food could be, what a lo- what a what a no calorie food could be. Um, people that do like Weight Watchers and things like that, these are categorized as like one to zero points. Yeah. Um, so. Could you elaborate a little bit, uh, a little bit more on that for the people listening at home? Yeah, man. You know, your free foods are your fiber, your your, your low density foods, um, eating from the rainbow, all your vegetables. That's what it is, man. You know, your veggie, veggie, veggies. Fill up on it. Those are your free foods. Um, when I came in as a diabetic, you know, that was the main thing that really stuck out to me. And I love vegetables, but I didn't really like vegetables that much where I got to eat them by myself. You know, I, I was a steak and potato guy. Um, I love chicken and all that stuff. So I had to realize that, okay, I'm still full. Uh, I watched my portion control, and I was, still full. I was still hungry within an hour or two later. And I said, man, and so you don't want to go get more protein and more carb. You know, you fill up on your vegetables. You know, you can eat a salad. You can get, you can saute some. Like, if you got to walk, you can just saute a whole bunch of vegetables, man, and just uh, 
put some olive oil and herbs and spices and everything like that, and you just fill up on that. That's going to work. So stay focused on your free foods, uh, fruits and uh, uh, vegetables per se. Mm -hmm. Now, let's go back for a second. When you say eating clean, to me, what I what I realize what eating what eating clean really means. Like you said, chicken and you know fish. Yeah, that's eating clean. But let's break it down even more. Please, like when you're talking about tomatoes, like tomatoes has a cancer prevention, antioxidants, lipocene, all those things will help clean your body out. When you talk right. about broccoli, broccoli with cauliflower, Brussels sprouts. Yeah, these things will clean your blood, your vital organs out. When you're talking about fresh garlic, fresh garlic is a natural um, blood thinner. Um, it also is an anti-inflammatory, you know. So when you're talking about salmon, salmon is an anti-inflammatory. You know, when you, mixed nuts, you know, um, uh, kale, spinach, uh, you know, strawberries, any type of berry, you know, full of antioxidants, vitamins and minerals, that's going to help cleanse you. That's what that means when people say, yo, eat clean, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you get into that concept, oh, chicken and cauliflower, chicken and ding, ding, ding. But the real reason why you need to be eating clean is to really detoxify your vital organs. Okay? That's where that cleanness comes from. So this is the, you got to walk. And I... Heat that walk up, and I throw some fresh olive oil up in there, some fresh garlic. I have broccoli, all right? I have tomatoes. You know, I have peppers. I love peppers and onions. Very good. You know, um, I throw some kale in there. You know, I'm making me a stir-fry. Now I got my lean meats. I got chicken, or I got some type of shrimp or whatnot like that. I'm sauteing that up. I have a whole lot of fiber there, I got my protein in there, I got my olive oil, I got my garlic, I got fresh herbs and spices, you know, any cumin, curry, all those different things like that. Now I got a stir fry going and I'm eating in about 20, 20, 25, 25 um, minutes. You know, I got whole grain rice. Um, I have all these, I got a meal that I know that's going to cleanse my body. I, I had the fiber in there that I know within 24 hours that's going to push through my digestive system so I can pass out. I can pass some toxins out easy going. Let, um, most, can I just can I just stop you real quick? Do you use like um when you eat weekly, do you eat the same meals every day like for the for the week like or is it like a a varies of different meals every single week? Yeah, I think I think um Eating the same meals every day and for for time on like that, I think that sucks. My taste buds, <laughs> great. you know. My I know, yeah, great. I know what you mean. I was just asking because, like, all right, so my pops, for instance, he's been like he trained for years. Like, you know, he was in the navy for like twenty years. He's been in shape since ever since I was a baby, and he he basically freezes meals of like chili, brown rice, broccoli, a whole bunch of different vegetables, but it's the same meal that he yeah. eats like three times a day, and then he'll eat like egg whites for breakfast or something. But he he's always eaten that consistently since I was a kid, and he said because it has like the perfect balance of everything. But I I feel what you're saying. I would need variety. Like I, I couldn't just yeah. eat the same stuff all the time. 
Now, if I do food prep, let's just say I cook something for supper, then I have something again left over for lunch. If I'm going, you know, I take that. And then once that's done, I'm done with that, bro. I'm, gotcha. I'm finished with that. You know, <laughs> yeah. I old school when it's like, oh, there was boiling chicken and there was boiling broccoli. And they said, eat this, eat Oh, I can't do it. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I just can't. I need a variety. I have a culinary arts background. Oh, okay. Um, cool. So I, I, I'm familiar. That's where the cookbooks come in. I'm familiar with the kitchen. I'm always creating something, especially out of my books. And um, so that helps me. My taste buds need to be excited. If I'm not, if my taste buds is not excited, I'm not going to eat it. Now, you, you hear the term saying you eat with your eyes first. Hmm. Right? Yep. So yeah. do you know that digestion, great digestion starts in your brain first? Okay? Because when you see foods that you love, your brain get excited. You start you start to eat just by looking at it. You know, your brain yeah, starts yeah, to, yeah. Start to eat just yeah, by looking you know at it. That's funny. Now, now, here's the deal. Wait, wait. Let me ask you something really quick. So when you really have like a, a serious appetite, do you think that even something less satisfying would be just as good just because you're starving? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I definitely, you just have to eat the right foods. Yeah. You know, you definitely want to get the fiber. You want to get your protein in. But if you're starving, then you already let hunger caught up with you. Yeah. Hunger yeah. will caught. And that, when you're type 2 diabetic, you never want to let hunger outrun you. Okay? You have to be eating. You have to be snacking. Um, the right foods, that is. You, you, you got to think about nutrition and not food. Um, when you're thinking about food and your sugar drops and you go into a hypoglycemic mode, everything smells and looks delicious. It doesn't matter if, you know, if your sister come in with some donuts and your sugar drop and you like, you know what, give me a donut. You take anything. So now, but here's the kicker. If you're a high performer, let's just say you're on your job, you, you know, you you're, you're working in the pharmacy and you got up late, you skip breakfast, now all of a sudden you go to uh, the pharmacy and you're super busy and three hours pass. Now you know you got all these orders to fill and you have deadlines and whatnot like that, whatever the workload is, your adrenaline is going to kick in. You're not really thinking about food at this time, okay? Because you know you got work to do. So you're going, you're going, you're going. Once your sugar starts to drop, you start to get cranky and irritable. So now, once you get to completion, let's just say the line goes down. It's three, four hours later, you have not eaten anything, it's almost lunchtime. You're hungry right about now. So a can a Snickers would do, anything would do, you know, just to really bring your sugars back up. So you have to prevent your sugar from dropping. So you have to have fast-acting snacks, um, like mixed nuts, you know, an apple, a banana, something that you can bite in one time or, or peel one time. You don't want to do too much of extra stuff when you're hungry. And most people will go to junk food. And this is what happens. I worked in corporate America for 27 years, and I ain't never been in, in corporate America building where they didn't have a vending machine, at least two on each floor. Yeah. So 
corporate America is one of the most volatile environments that anybody can put themselves in for the course of eight to ten hours. Okay, because it's going to increase uh, frustration and weight gain. The average corporate employee will gain a total up to 55 pounds during the course of their career because they're sedentary and they're locked into that computer, whatever they're doing, and they got that one drawer on the right side on the bottom that got their snacks in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, believe me, I've seen it so many times. I'm like, man, but it doesn't have to be corporate America. It can be police officers. Police officers are the most stressful, eating on the go, you know, uh, they they don't they barely eat because they get a call they got to run you know yep. what I'm saying so I trained some police officers they and they wearing a what twenty pound vest thirty pound vest on they hot they sweaty um they can't take it off you know and all these different things so they they're super stressed so what that stress is once that cortisol hormone raises and it comes back down it's gonna settle right around your waistline like a freaking Michelin tire. That's what it does. <laughs> so if you're eating horribly and you stress all the time, you're going to have a problem. Now, your body naturally cannot process nutrients in, a, in, a, in, a, in an effective way when it's in a stress environment. When you're eating, you, you don't need to be eating in your car, eating at your desk. You don't need to be eating while you're stressed because the body is not going to process it properly. It's going to store it as fat. It's like boom. Now, um, if you're in France and you go to eating like that in France, <laughs> they'll be looking at you like you're an animal. They take time <laughs> to enjoy their meals. They don't eat in a stress environment in the chaotic environment. Actually, it's funny that you said that because um, so I was originally born in Italy. Uh -huh. and when when we when uh when we used to eat it was always like breakfast lunch dinner it's a time you have like an hour to eat and if you don't finish you you have to throw everything as everything out they don't believe in leftovers where I was mm -hmm. where I was from at, uh, at least so it's funny that you said that because they would they gave us uh like a certain um like my grandmother would give us a certain amount of time to eat our breakfast and be like look you only need this much food and like uh, um, to in order to to fuel yourself, like they didn't. She didn't really look at food as something that had to be enjoyed. It was more just fuel for your body to keep it going. Yeah. But I actually um. So before we actually wrap up, because honestly, I could sit here and listen to you forever, and I, like I, I mean that because I'm I'm genuinely interested in this. Um, but just to, to before we wrap up, I have to ask you this question um, for my personally, honestly. Um, if you could quickly touch on uh, this new trend of intermittent fasting. Oh, yes. Good question, because I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to tell you this before I answer. Results may vary. Yeah, um, but I think like, can I can I can I can I just kind of rebut that a little bit? I think also uh -huh. effort and the way people go about it also varies because I don't think everybody fully understands exactly what it is. I don't think so either, which is why I would love for you to shed some light on it. Yeah, I mean, me personally, I don't like it. 
okay? okay? And not because it may not work. It's, it's, because, it's because I don't like it because uh, of medical reason. I still suffer from high flow glycemia. So I have to eat constantly. I can't right. go a long period of time without food and then come down to one setting and eat so much calories at one time. Mm-hmm. I can't afford to do that. Um, I know a lot of people who do it. But over time, just like any other diet or anything like that, the body will make adjustments, and then you you you're going to plateau. Yep. Okay. So if you want to use that to lose weight or get in shape, it's going to work for for a while, depending on who you are. I've seen this personally all the time. So this is how this I'm answering from my experience and what I see with my clients, and uh, I'm like, sure, go ahead, try it. And it worked for a few months, and all of a sudden they fall off. Right. I, I think I think that, and I think that's exactly kind of what I was alluding to because I think it's it should obviously be used. I think any <coughs> diet or any change in the way you eat or anything like that um, should be also accompanied with working out or a change in physical activity. Um, right. And I so, think and I think oh, people sorry. don't do that. And I also think that people. Like, like intermittent fasting isn't a lifestyle change. It's not something that you're going to be able to do forever. It's not something that you're going to be able to do for months and, you know, for not even six months. I think it's more of something to get you in a position that you want to be in weight-wise and you get that start physically as far as, like, physical workout goes and then you can make your lifestyle change from there. And that's why I said, like, I don't think most people really – like general public people really don't understand what it is, how to use it, and how to even do it. Right. I think um, just like many millions of people around the world, so many people are jumping on the bandwagon about certain diets or um, this fasting thing. The keto diet. I was just thinking yeah. about keto. Uh, well, you know, you got to think about it. Uh, it's the keto diet this year, last year. What was it last year? <laughs> What was the fad one the year before? Really think about yeah. it. Atkins and, and military diets. Oh, Atkins. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. There's so many diets. There's always they, a diet. Yeah, they are. But see, the, the keto diet is a diet that's a it's a medical diet. If you have it, um, I forgot the disease if you was having it. It was good okay. for that. Um, the thing is, everybody's trying to adopt it. Yeah their lifestyle but you know with the power of the internet and then people just put it out there and then you get somebody like dr oz or somebody promoted then they go get it you know right i'm gonna be honest with you i'm not against anything but what i what i tell you personally i'm professionally over time maybe a few months the body is going to make adaptation and it's going to slow down your results that's a plateau you're not going to yeah. see or feel any more results. I don't care who you are. The body's going to say, you know what? I see what you're doing. We're going to shut this down. We're done with that. So when people go into a fad diet or any type of diet, they may lose weight. But after that first year of losing, the body's going to adjust. And you're not. You're going to gain that weight right back. You think it's even a year? I don't even, I don't even think it's, it's, it's even a year. I feel like it's, it's not even six months. 
Yeah, depending. I, I've seen it a year. People win a year. You know, I see a variety of results with different people. And so I give it a year. You know, it's just like most stuff that have shelf life for a year. Most food you put it on the shelf is good for six months to a year. That's it. You know, and the body's going to make um, adjustments, and you're going to hit that brick wall, which is a plateau. My my thing, if it works for you, brother, go do it. Right. Do the thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm mad at you. Results may vary. I just know right. it doesn't work for me. And uh, I, I tell people with anything, results may vary. I'm not going to promise you anything. I'm not co-signing nothing. Results is going to vary. Right. And just really quick, just to end off on, end off on this, um, what what do you have to say for those people that, that uh, think that the keto diet and intermittent fasting are, are dangerous and it could lead to serious problems if you don't actually do your research or yeah. know enough about the topic? Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you, anything you, first of all, I'm going to say this, anything that you don't know nothing about and you want to start when it comes down to nutrition or exercise, you got to consult with your doctor. Message. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Get the facts, talk to your dietitian, yep. hint, hint, they go your money. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, they go, you know, hint, hint, they go your money right there. Right, right. There it <laughs> okay? is. Okay, you, you can charge $100 for a consultation, okay? Um, look, talk to your dietitian, your primary physician, say, hey, I need to lose weight, I need to build lean muscle, what do you think about these diets? Just don't jump start it, okay? Right. Because it can, it can have negative effects on you and on your body. Same thing when you're doing certain supplementations. Supplementation is a multi-billion dollar a year industry too. So before you go, go get the little shiny container with the fit body on there because somebody said go get it. You got to real, you got to do your research. So um, anything you do, you got to do your research. You got to look. You got to read the customer reviews. You got to yeah, read. I think that's the huge. List. You got to do all these different things because there's always going to be a negative write up somewhere about it, and that one negative write up may be just what you need yeah. to fit. You know what I'm saying? But it, it's, it's 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 so much out. There's so much information out there, man. Yeah, do your yeah. research. Talk to your primary physician. Talk to your dietitian. Talk to them. Yeah. So, you, you got, you so got your friends right there who are dietitian. Go and talk to them. And get it going. Yeah, exactly. So, Terrence, before we do uh, start to wrap up here, is there anything that we missed? Anything you want to discuss? Anything that um, you want to talk about that maybe we didn't bring up? Uh, or if you have any questions for us, because that does happen every once in a while. Well, you know, look. Uh, only thing I can say right now, man, is um, to you guys is keep doing what you're doing. Get people on your podcast that's going to share their knowledge and expertise. That's going to enlighten your platform around the world. We are living in unprecedented times right now. There's yeah. a lot of worry going on, a lot of confusion, stress is high. People losing their jobs. People, uh, mm. domestic violence has raised a little bit. Yep. You know, people are quarantined. They're fighting with one another. You know, you, you can't see your, 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 your other girlfriend across town because you're stuck <laughs> with your wife. All type of, you know, you know, just, just trying to keep 
uh, mental fitness going on. Keep a sound yeah. mind. Control your stress. If you suffer from depression, anxiety, PTSD, get help. Find a support group. Get your meds. Do anything because look, these these times right now is 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 totally different. So this taking care of your health right now, it should be your self priority for self care. That need to be everything. And be friends with one another. You know, show love, check on each other. Cause that's your homeboy. That's your friend. That's your you know, that's your man. Uh, you know, just check on one yep. another. Make sure that you guys are a team and y'all working as a unit to build your platform to encourage the world just to stay strong and to stay safe, man. It ain't, it ain't about me. The picture is bigger than me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's about the world the world thing. We working yeah. together right now. Because Everybody's in this together, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's it man pretty much in a nutshell for me just keep doing what you're doing and stay healthy cool and so keep motivating your sister and everything we don't want you we, we don't want you to go anywhere yet what i actually want you to do is i want you to plug your stuff one more time your social media your websites let the people know where they can find you we'll plug our stuff and then we have one question for you and then we have an outro that we do on the whole uh, on every episode we want you to stick around for that and exit the show with us so I know okay. I just I know I kind of just spit a lot at you. But let's start with uh, go ahead and plug your social media where people can find you one more time. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Terrence Hutchinson. Uh, my Instagram is Terrence Seventeen Forty Five. Um, but Facebook and LinkedIn is where I mostly do a lot of activity over there. Um, my website is uh, www.yourbestlifestyles with s.com and it has all the links on there from the podcast, from the books, um, uh, speaking engagements, you know, everything on the website, man, you know, uh, consultations, different services. And that's pretty much it, man. We, we just trying to stay healthy and encourage the world. So everything I put out is all about. Um, motivation. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So Rob's not here. Rob is usually with us. He's our fourth man. RIP to Rob for tonight. Shout out to Rob. Um, his Instagram is at Voice of Gods on Instagram. And uh, as we established, if you listen to the intro to the show, he also likes to be called Larry Taint. We changed it to instead of Larry Tate. I wasn't aware. Danny told me. You could follow me on Instagram. I'm Ronnie at Ronnie underscore media. And are sitting across from me. You can follow me, Anthony, at Anthony M. Vega on Instagram. And finally, uh, we say we like to save the best for <laughs> uh, last on the podcast. Yeah, because it's the uh, podcast Instagram, not because it's Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram was Danny Yams. I don't have an IG, but you can follow the podcast. Uh, that's at B-O-X-C-H-O-C-P-O-D. That's at Box Chalk Pod. On Instagram, and finally, Terrence, your final question with us: Yep. Um, what does "life is not a box of chocolates" mean to you? <laughs> Man, what it means to me is like, it's 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 so many different answers I can respond to. That <laughs> with, you know, I'm just whatever saying, touches your heart. That's why. That's why we love that question. Yeah, it's 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 really not a box of chocolates because you know life can come. And it can hit you in the chin. It can get you uppercut. It can hit you in the gut and really break you down. And uh, when you think everything is sweet, anything can happen at any given moment in your life. So you got to keep your head on a swivel, 
and keep your stay ten toes down, man, and make sure you're okay. Uh, always sit, always take time to uh, smell the roses, smell the flowers, be kind to each other, man. You know, and uh, but it's you're gonna have some bad days, so it's not always a box of chocolate, man. It's it's not Willy Wonka. It's not <laughs> you know, you know. Alice in Wonderland. It's yeah. not. This world is crazy, you know. And yeah. so you got to keep your head on the swivel and just stay strong and keep pushing, man. All right, that was beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. All right, Danny, you want to take us through it? Yeah. All right. So, Terrence, stick around for two more seconds. I'm actually going to need your cooperation for this one. Okay. So, um, what we typically we, we traditionally do, uh, it's called the gentleman's clap. So what, what I'm going to need you to do is uh, lift up your left arm and uh, put it at a 90-degree angle to where your hand is about a foot away from the center of your chest, palms facing down. You with me? Yeah. <laughs> then you take your right hand and you put it over the back of your left hand. Uh-huh. And then you lightly tap it. This is, again, it's called the golf clap. We like to call it the gentleman's clap. The true mark of gentleman. True mark of gentleman. <laughs> so I'm going to count down from three. And then we're going to commence the clap. And that's how we'll end the show. All right. So three, two, one. That's a wrap on Terrence. Thank Thank you, Terrence. Very, very much. Thank you, Terrence, for coming on. Everybody, subscribe to the podcast. Appreciate you, Terrence. We will stay in contact. Thanks for coming. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. I had a great time, man. A lot of information being shared, man. Appreciate you, Doc. Absolutely. Take care. Stay safe. All right, man. Have a good night. You too.